We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek Steve Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime this evening, Steve Goldstein. And man, it's getting boring. No hockey, no baseball, no basketball, and we're just waiting on this draft, getting anxious. I know there's more important things in the world right now, but I could really use some sports. I don't know about you. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well, Derek. How are you doing? I'm, I'm just anxious. Like I tell you, I got yeah, honestly, I, man, today was one of those days I'm just wishing we had Something on, like baseball on, something on to, to uh, distract from the everyday blah 
of it that it is right now, just sitting right. at home. Right. And yeah. I think we got to get knee-deep into the draft at least to at least find something to look forward to because right now we're, we're stuck at home for another month. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm really happy that the NFL decided to keep the date as it is. Um, because if you think about it, the, the draft isn't something where you need to have uh, participation amongst thousands and thousands of people, even though it's a lot more fun that way. But it's really built for TV. And it's and at the end of the day, the most exciting thing is when your team comes up and it's ready to pick. And they make that pick. And <clears throat> that's the most exciting part of the the draft for me so i mean it's i was actually at the draft in nashville last year it was actually a lot of fun it's my goal to make it out there for the draft well it's gonna be in la it's gonna be in cleveland next year well i I, do you think so still you think it'll still be in cleveland yeah yeah even though las vegas doesn't get it this year they've already committed to cleveland it's gonna be it's gonna be cleveland in uh in uh 2021 so and then i think vegas 2022 well so I guess I'm going next year, but I want to go out the one in L.A. Well, I'd rather go yeah, to a suit court. Yeah, plus the weather is a lot nicer out here. You know what it is? So. Nobody can say it differently. <laughs> but at this time of year, out in, in the Ohio area, it's actually pretty nice. And you go outside, a little chill in the air still today. It was in the 50s. Yeah. Sunshine. I got to work on the yard and be comfortable. Those four seasons are underrated, and when you get holed up in your house after a while, you kind of get a little appreciation of the smaller things. Like I was when I was a teenager, I was like, "Hey, uh, I can't wait to get out of here. I get out of Ohio and go everywhere else." Now I've been over twenty countries. I've been overseas, and home is home. As much as I enjoy visiting LA, and you know, we, I was living in LA when I fell in love with all these pro sports. As much as why I'm a LA LA fan, there's something to say about home, no matter where you are. Well. So, it's uh, it's home, and it's home of uh, our Los Angeles Rams, and Absolutely. we want might want to go through the the roster maybe and and see what what their needs are for uh, for uh, for three weeks from now. And that's the thing too is there are I think more needs now than we've seen in a while. I mean they, they had holes last year, right? But and and there's no way you can fill every hole. But this is the first time we can say there's significant weaknesses on multiple parts of the roster. And I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to fix everything. I mean, let's go back a year and we came into the offseason just confident that the Rams can fill all those holes, especially in the offensive line, right? We got into the draft and we came into free, into uh, not free agency, but into training camp thinking, okay, the Rams know what they're doing. They've been developing these guys. Good to go. Good to go. And yet, we found out real quick that offensive line was not ready. I've lost a little bit of confidence there. I'm still confident in the real draft. I'm not as confident as I was before, though. So, yeah. how do you feel about moving into this offseason? All of a sudden, you've had the Cardinals have a great offseason, you ha- and you have the Seahawks mm-hmm. holding serve, the 49ers holding serve. The Rams, theoretically, through many eyes, could be a fourth-place team next year. Well, I'm one of those people that says you can't win a Super Bowl in March and April. And, you know, the, the season's not starting in three weeks. The season's not starting in, in a month. We've got a long ways to go till, till, till the opener. And there's going to be some changes. Um, I think most specifically, there's going to be obviously the, the draft picks. 
um, that come in. There could be another one or two uh, low-level free agents that come in. But I think I have a little bit more confidence in the roster than you do, a little more optimism in the, in the roster than what you have. Because I really don't feel, heading into the draft, that they have huge gaping holes. Like I don't think Les Snead is going to have to reach for anybody. We, we, pick, we pick 52, right? And the way I see the draft right now, I see, I see the draft as being a very deep, deep draft. And, and th- that's just not me. That's pretty much everybody saying it's one of the deepest drafts in 20 years. So I, I think, for one, uh, we have six picks. Uh, most of our needs, as far as I'm concerned, are on the defensive side of the ball. It's pretty obvious. Um, but I am more confident in the offensive line than you are. I, Brian well, Allen and, and, and Nopum were, were disappointments at the beginning of the year. There's no doubt about that. But Steve, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about then, um, how it didn't meet expectations then. So now because of that, I'm not oh, okay. as confident entering this offseason. Yeah, you're gun shy. I, yeah, you're I, I am. Yeah, there you go. Good, good point there. What I'm trying to say is because of that, I am not as confident I am actually confident in the offensive line based on what we saw at the end of the year last year. And I'm confident that before Note Boom went down, he was actually getting it. And I think we were a little bit unfair to Brian Allen. Brian Allen did not play pretty much at all the year before. Comes in all of a sudden now as your starting center with no training camp reps in that offense. He wasn't set to succeed, in my point, in my, in my view. Well, and, and now now they come back. So now Note Boom... They, you know, hopefully they come back healthy and they're they're ready for for most of camp. I don't know exactly where they are in their rehab right now. It's kind of hard to get information because nobody's in the, you know, nobody's giving press conferences. Nobody's giving any information out in terms of players and their status. But if you look at their offensive line, I mean, you got Allen Nobum coming back. Bobby Evans and David Edwards played really well. David Edwards never played guard before. He was a, a tackle at Wisconsin. He came in and played really well at right guard. And and Evans as well. Evans played really, really well. So now you got those guys. Um, and the way I see it, I think you got a starting, you got Austin Blythe coming back at center. You got Whitworth at the left tackle. You got Corbett at the left guard. You got Edwards at the right guard and Havenstein at the right tackle. I, that's the way I would see opening day being, everything being equal, no injuries. And then you got guys on the bench. You got Bobby Evans on the bench. You got Alan, Brian Allen on the bench. Uh, you got Nopum on the bench. So now all of a sudden you got eight offensive linemen that, unlike last year where they their bench was pretty much rookies, you got depth at your offensive line. And that's why I don't put a big as a big a need on the offensive line going into the draft as a lot of people are doing this year. If you look at some of the national pundits, they, they have the Rams taking an offensive tackle or offensive guard uh, with their with their first pick in the second round. I don't know that I see it that way. There are a couple guys, and we, we, we can talk about that on a, another show, I guess, when we talk about the actual players mm-hmm. in the draft. But, you know, there are a couple guys I really, really like in terms of uh, offensive linemen, but I, th- I don't think that they're going to go that way with the first pick. I, I think they have needs elsewhere, and I think those needs are on the other side of the ball. I'm, I'm immediately thinking pass rusher. Yes. They need pass rushing help. I also think if a running back they really, really like is there, they'll go for that running back. If, they, if they're if they not, we'll find out, because if they're not totally sold on Daryl Henderson, we're going to know real quick. 
You know what? You're stealing my thunder there, Derek. Oh, I'm sorry. I am so I am so with you on that. <laughs> I I think I think uh, and we'll get in this in this into this next week, but I mean there are a couple guys up there and running backs have a tendency to fall, right? Because the position is undervalued. And so guys have a tendency to fall, but if they're one of the top one or two running backs somehow fall to 52, I was going to say they run the card up there, but they're not running any card up there. Virtually, I guess they're going to have to run a card up. But I think they take that shot because I don't think from, from the running back perspective that it's going to be one guy carrying the ball 25 times, i.e. Daryl Henderson. It's, it's going to be a running back by committee, I believe. And I think it's going to be Malcolm Brown getting his touches and Henderson getting his touches and whatever rookie they bring in. And, of course, they still have John Kelly. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree that uh, a running back is definitely in play, if not at 52, maybe maybe at 104, 126. But I, I think definitely a, a running back is definitely in play in, in, play in the, the first four picks. Well, I am a little curious. I mean, and you don't have to explain it now, but if there is a running back who fits for the Rams, who do you think it would be if they were to fall? The two guys I have at top of the board are DeAndre Swift and, and J.K. Dobbins. And, and DeAndre Swift, I know, this is going to bring back uh, girly flashbacks because he's another Georgia back. But this guy is complete back. Whoever gets this guy, and some draft mock drafts have him being mocked to Kansas City at 32. And can you imagine Kansas City with DeAndre Swift? I mean, it would just be crazy. But he is a guy that I like a lot. And, and obviously Dobbins from your part of the country is an outstanding back as well. So, I mean, those are the two guys I would start with if either one of them fell. A, a guy that I would grab at 52 because I think that – along with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, I think you'd have a real dynamic backfield at that point. I'm interested to see if they go after Dobbins. Yeah. Because he has, if you combine him with Henderson especially and Brown, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a healthy lineup right there with different styles you can use. And Dobbins is pretty versatile. He brings some of that explosion back to that line of scrimmage that we were missing from Todd last year. So, yeah. I'm interested to see if he falls. And we'll talk more about that as we get into the running backs. But, of course, I'm a hostage guy, too. I would love to see it. I mean, I'd be, I'd be right. thrilled. But of course. <laughs> he's, I, I firsthand watched his development over the course of the last couple of years. And he's the real deal. And he'll yeah. you put him behind the right offensive line, the right system, he's going to do great. So we'll see on that one. Now, you we yeah. mentioned But I, I agree with you. I, I think it, it, you brought up edge rusher. And, and I agree with you. I, I think edge rusher, um, you know, along with inside linebacker, are probably the two most pressing needs at this point. And there are some good edge rushers out there that'll be be there in the second round, third round guys. Um, and, you know, if you look at the, the way the current roster looks, I mean, I like what we have right now. Now, that being said, it, of course, you need depth there. But I like, first of all, people forget Samson Ebukam was a starter in 2018. And he had a pretty nice year. He was not he, – he, he had some big games. I mean, the Kansas City game was just replayed a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. And forget forget about the two touchdowns he scored. He had other other plays in that game that were real big plays. And, and uh, so, I mean, he, he's a guy going into, what, his fourth year now that I think – is going gonna, is gonna to be a breakout player for them. And, and then on the other side, you have Oboe. Oboe showed flashes last year. 
I mean, if you the the Atlanta game, he was really good. So he he showed flashes. So you know, you got those two guys, and and you also obviously they brought in Leonard Floyd, who is not so much of the pass rusher, but more of a, a run stopper. But you got to remember Leonard Floyd in his rookie year in Chicago, he had eight and a half sacks. So he can rush the passer as well. He's got some pass rush ability. He just hasn't had the statistics the last couple years and and maybe that's because they ran a system in chicago that you know he wasn't that guy he wasn't that guy because you got to remember that they had cleo mack on the other side so they they've got they've got three guys who i have a lot of confidence in right now on the outside anyways did floyd sign his contract yet i hadn't seen the wire um, but we're still waiting to see if I, Floyd signed. right but i think that's that's a done deal we did talk about that last show i think mike and i did Right. I actually heard heard your last show with uh, with what happened with the Brockers signing. And if I could just jump on that real quick, I, I, to me, that was a case of buyer's remorse. That that was the Ravens saying, you know what, we, we made a mistake. They had ended up signing somebody else, I think, too. Um, and I think the ankle, I mean, if you're not going to sign a guy because he, he sprained his ankle the last game of the season, um, I, I think that smells a little bit. I, I don't think that's uh, that. That was the reason. I, I don't. I think they use it as an, a convenient excuse, but I think they had buyer's remorse. And you know, good for us because it really fills a hole. And Brockers is a is a locker room guy. He's he's one of the leaders of the team, not just the te- the defense, but he's one of the one of the leaders of the team. I think it was a huge signing. So, I think from that perspective, from the defensive end perspective, I, I like what they have. You know, obviously they're going to kick Ashawn over to nose tackle. So you got Brockers, Ashawn, and AD. I like that line a lot. You got Sebastian Joseph Day backing him up at the nose. You got Greg Gaines still in there. Morgan Fox is a pretty good player. He he he, he flashes. He 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 makes some good, pretty good plays. So you got him. You got Tanzel Smart. I think this. I think the center of the line or the 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 defensive line is is really good and has some depth to it. So I don't know that that's such a need at the top top three picks but i would say right now edge rusher and we can talk about the inside linebackers as well well you mean where are you going with the inside linebackers that's i'm thinking about michael kaiser and he was did just fine in training camp last year then got hurt and he was supposed to be the guy who steps in and becomes that inside linebacker for the team and i think that kind of blew up some of the plans last season that lack of yeah. run stopping in the middle was exposed in the games against baltimore and exposed against who was Baltimore and it was who else ran all over him? There were a couple classes. Uh, Dallas. Yes. Da- Dallas ran all over him. You needed yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I agree. And and Micah Kaiser, uh, if you followed Micah, Micah Kaiser, Virginia, he was a tackling machine. He was a, a first team all ACC. He was he was a good football player at Virginia and was actually drafted a, a lot lower than than he was mocked. He was mocked. You know, first couple, like second, third round guy, and he didn't go until the fifth. So there was a lot of value when they got him, and they they love him. I don't know if you listen to Les Snead's podcast with uh, JB Long, but at the end of the podcast, Les was going off on how much he loved Micah Kaiser and how he's been in the building. Uh, obviously, not now, but back when you could congregate, uh, he was said he was in the building every single day. He was watching film. He was working out. Uh, he's a very intelligent, high football IQ guy. I'm I'm with you. I love Micah Kaiser. I think Micah Kaiser is a big reason that they were not desperate 
to sign Corey Littleton. And even though that number, Corey Littleton's number wasn't as high as people thought it was, I think they have a lot of confidence in Micah Kaiser. And he's the one who's going to be wearing the green dot this year. He's going to be calling the plays. So um, I, I, I like him a lot. And then, on the, on, uh, you know, who's going to be the other guy on the inside? If it's not a draft pick, um, you got Traven Howard. Traven Howard is a guy they the guy they really like you got kenny young kenny young was a starter with the ravens a few years back when they were actually the ravens had a good defense and kenny young was a starter um so but he's limited you got though. him you he's got short. a never dumb guy he is limited um no he and he, he he's a little he's a little light um he's he's not a, a great great run stuffer but he was a starter at baltimore so i mean he's got he's got something and and so you got to see what you have in him. And then, of course, Troy Reader as an undrafted free agent, college free agent last year, played, played okay. I mean, for a guy coming out of Delaware to, to kind of step in. And, and, you know, he made a lot of tackles for the team. The tackles were way downfield, unfortunately. But, you know, he made a lot of tackles. I mean, he was around the football. And they still haven't signed Bryce Hager. And I don't, I don't know if he's somebody they're interested in being bringing back or not but you know potentially he's another guy a veteran that they they have on the inside but um yeah they definitely need to have, to have it polished up a bit and and I think they'll they'll probably take somebody in the draft so from from my point of view they're going to address running back somewhere in the draft they're going to address linebacker somewhere in the draft Safety. But safety is strong, but not deep. So maybe a late round pick there. Well, this is what I think. My opinion is you got two guys, Johnson and Rapp, who are very similar players. Both very, very good players. Um, Both can do a a lot of things. But they don't have, in my mind, a true deep center field ball hawking safety. Right? So there are a couple of guys in the draft, which we'll talk about, that I really like as far as those kind of those tall, long, ball-hawking type safeties, right? Um, so I, I think safety is a, a, a position that, that, that they can um, they could get because, you know, if you think about it, and we have a new defense coordinator, so we don't know what he likes to run, right? We don't know if he likes – you know, sometimes they had three safeties on the field with Wade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you don't you don't know you don't know what he prefers. Does he prefer more of a, a smaller slot guy? Does he does do we put a couple guys in the box? Do we have one back? You know, so you, we don't know. We don't know what's what Staley's going to run. But I think a deep ball hawking safety is something that should definitely be on their radar because right now the only backup you 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 have is Nick Scott. Um, well, you got Jake Gervais, but. I don't know if he even makes, makes a team, but Nick Scott is is our Matthew Slater, right? Nick Scott is our is our special teams guru. He's our he, and so I don't know if you want to rely on him on getting too many reps on the defense side of the ball when he's really valuable on special teams. So, I mean, I agree they need safety help, but they've done really good at finding guys anywhere from the second to, to last round. I'm not too worried about. Oh, yeah where they find it because especially on defense they've had a really really nice run of finding players that fit and stay so they will find the right guy or guys but i think you're right though safety linebacker 
slash edge rusher, wherever you want to put him right now. And running back is where I'm looking. And they got to start thinking about other things as well. I mean, I don't know exactly where they're going to look in this draft outside of those three places because you don't have your kicker yet. You have a couple contract years coming up for wide receiver. And right. who knows where they go there. There's that 2021 salary cap sitting in the background where we're supposed to get a pretty big bump. It, I think there are a lot of variables, and you know the Rams have done a really bang up job of surprising us for the last you know how many years about what they do in the draft compared to what we think they should do. And every year, yeah, that, we yeah. wind up being surprised. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and and you can go you can go, you know, all the way back to the Aaron Donald um, draft year when. You know, obviously we took Greg Robinson. We don't want to talk about that pick, but you know we had that we had that second pick in the in the first round, right at at thirteen, I believe it was thirteen, and we had a guy named Kendall Langford, and we were running a four three at that time, right? So we had Kendall Langford, who we had signed to a fairly large free agent contract, and we had Michael Brockers, and both were playing really good football. I mean, they they both those guys are playing really good football. And you didn't really think that they needed a defensive tackle. But guess who fell? Guess who fell down the board to Mm -hmm. 13? And now he's the best player in football. So, I mean, thank God Les Snead had the forethought at that point in time to go, you know, we don't really need a defensive tackle. But the best player, the best player left by far, not even close, is Aaron Donald. So, you know, you're right. I mean, they did the kind of the same thing with Todd Gurley, drafting Todd Gurley in the first round. They had Trey Mason, who had had a really good rookie season the year before, mm-hmm. right? He was a third-round pick from Auburn. He had a really good se- a rookie season. He didn't start right away, but he, the last half of the season, he did really well. And I think he had almost 800 yards in his rookie season. And everybody thought, why are you drafting this guy, Todd Gurley, with a bad, bad knee? You know, or with not a bad knee at the time, but he had, had he was coming off major knee surgery at Georgia. And, you know, today, right now, we a lot of people probably think it wasn't a good pick. I personally think it was a great pick. We were 60 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl, and Tom Gurley was a big reason for that season. So, but you're right. Les Snead sometimes takes guys or takes, takes picks that you think, hey, we don't need this position. So, and just to note, in 2014, Trey Mason. Had 179 carries for 765 yards and four touchdowns, a long of 89 yards that year, 4.3 yards per carry. So, I mean, many of us thought that Trey Mason was the guy. But years later, you could probably think back and go, you know, the Rams probably saw something with Mason that didn't sit well with them. That caused them to go yeah, out there and say, well, you know uh, maybe, may, I mean, maybe they had some inkling of, you know, obviously Trey Mason's issues were well documented, mm-hmm. um, after the fact, but, um, maybe, maybe, maybe they did have an inkling of this might not be a long-term solution for us with Trey Mason, but, you know, I, I, I more wanted to think that it was less need having the fourth thought to get, you know what, we're going to take who we think is the best player available, even though we may not actually need him. And they knew he was going to have to sit for a while because he's coming off that knee surgery at Georgia. But, um, you know, he turned out to be, uh, obviously, in my mind anyways, I know, like I said, some people might have a different feel 
today, but I still think it was a good pick. Well, it was a good pick. You know, he was one of the best players in the league for years. And the Rams, and by the way, I want to flip this around. The Rams, they they are taking a lot of heat even now for, for making the decision to sign him long term. And it wasn't, in the end, a good deal. It wasn't a good contract. And they're going to pay for it this year and next year because they, they split the dead cap over. But I, I did want to point this out, that if the Rams didn't pay him the money, they, everybody and their brother would have called them cheap. If they didn't yep. pay, you know, pay their stars, they, they would be all over the media. You can't, you can't win this game, unfortunately, because you want you know, to be an organization all, yeah. that pays your stars. Right. I mean, if we had a crystal ball, you know, we, we would all be in Vegas right now. So, yes, I mean, hindsight, of, of course, is twenty twenty, but... You know, I think they were sending a message to not just Todd himself, but to the rest of the team. Like, we're taking care of our stars. And we know we don't have to sign them for another year, but, you know, or two years. And, you know, and they could have played the transition, the franchise tag game with him and and done all that. And he would have been unhappy. And so I think they were sending a message that we take care of our stars. The same thing they did with Aaron Donald. You know, they, they, they took care of him. And same thing they did with Jared Goff. They took care of him. And I think it sends a good message. It sends a good message to not only your own players, but to other to players on you know potential free agents down the road. That you know what we're going to take care of you if you come in here and play. So you know, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I all I know is all the people that are complaining now. The day that they signed him two years ago, I bet all those people were really really happy. <laughs> so, I my daughter has a tall girl with jersey. And we'll keep it. You know, it's sad to see him go. It's not fun. However, it is what it is. And I do wonder in the future what the Rams will do with these with these contracts. I think you're, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Which damned do you want to be? I guess that's the question. Right. And I'm gonna. Right. I just want to point this out too. As all these players were leaving, like Dante Fowler Jr. And Corey Littleton. You could watch social media and look at Aaron Donald's response to all these players leaving. And I just want to point out, because and I, I want to make this point respectfully as well. Part of the reason these guys have to go is because the Rams paid you, dude. Well, I mean, when you have the the right, when you have the best player in football who's being paid as such, you have who the guy who is your franchise quarterback, who you identified as your franchise quarterback, and you're paying him as one of the top quarterbacks in the league, you're you're already behind the eight ball because you already have devoted two contracts to a large part of your salary cap. And that's not even taken into account Jalen Ramsey, who they've invested two first-round picks in, who they will have to sign, who they will sign, who is going to going to be in that eighteen to twenty million dollar year range as a cornerback? As, a, as the best corner, he'll be paid as the top corner in the league. So you have to think about that. You have to think about Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup's going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to think about Johnny Johnson. He's going to be coming up. Johnny Johnson. So, you should get your years. <laughs> right. You're getting you. You're going. You took a time warp, man. Back no, no, to the John, 80s. John Johnson. John yes. Johnson the third. 
I, I call him Johnny Johnson. I well, I, I instantly went back to Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson's been on the show before I too. Know. So I'm like, well, oh time really? Work. John, Johnny Johnny Johnson uh, number twenty has been on the show. Yeah, yeah, he was oh, okay. he was on here a, well, a couple of years his, ago. His his son is what, and we'll talk about it next week. But his son is one of my sleeper picks in the draft. Oh, so. We will talk. That, that's a cliffhanger for next week. So, and, and maybe um, just maybe. Yeah, but um, there there was one other guy I did I did want to talk about because nobody nobody's really talking about him, nor should he be talked about. But I'm going to bring him up because he's a guy who's on nobody's radar right now. He was on our practice squad last week, and you brought up Dante Fowler. So when you brought up Dante Fowler, I, I wanted to bring up Jakai Polite. So Jakai Polite. Is, is on the roster. He was on the practice squad the whole year last year. Was actually, before the combine last year, he was supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he had four, I think he had 14, 12, 12 sacks, I think he had 12 sacks at Florida. Uh, he had like 18 and a half tackles for loss his, his uh, last year at Florida. He had a real bad combine. He had a real bad 40 and he was terrible in the interviews. He was just absolutely horrible in the interviews. So bad that it was going out amongst the teams and into the media that his, his, his interviews were really poor. He never had severe off-the-field issues, but you know he had some, so, some things that people were talking about. So draft day comes. The Jets take him on the third round. He gets cut in training camp. Like the first two weeks in the training camp, he, he got he got released or third third week seattle picks him up they put him on their practice squad for the first three four weeks of the season they release him and now you're thinking what has this guy done i mean he can't play for Pete carroll who can you play for right so the rams pick him up right after right after he gets released the, the same week he gets released he gets picked up by the rams this guy is dante fowler this guy looks like dante fowler he he's got that type of pass rush ability um is he going to be as good as dante Fowler? of course i mean you can't say that now the guy's never played it down in the nfl but this is a guy to to put on people's radar um for for ram fans because this is a guy that can just you know the light bulb sometimes the light bulb goes on for guys and this is one of those guys that if the light bulb goes on for him he could be a really, really good player for this team. So we'll have to see. I just wanted to bring that guy up because you mentioned Dante Fowler. He kind of reminds me of him. Yeah, but also remember that Polite also bombed out of two NFL teams in his first year as a third-round draft pick. I mean, that also says a lot about how he looked in those camps. So it's not just getting your head straight. This now you got to prove yourself in many ways. And these were these were teams that have veterans there who can lead him, can – Right. Help make you better, and it still didn't happen. So I, I have doubts there, and I think the Rams yeah. have to have doubts there. If he if he pans out, great, you're going to be paying him a cheap contract for a while. But if he doesn't pan out, then what do you say? Yeah, he's a, he's a lottery ticket, right? He's he's a cheap lottery ticket. He, he's mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a he's a two dollar lottery ticket. But man, if you scratch him off and he, you got the jackpot, you might have something there because. He he he's really. If you look at his film in, at, at Florida, he um, he's really really dynamic. He's a real dynamic pass rusher and plays a run well too. You know, again, it's it, you're right. It's 
but it's a cheap it's 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 low risk right it's a low risk investment so but you know he he's a guy i wanted to to kind of highlight because not, not a lot of people know about him. They also have a guy named Josh Carraway who played pretty good for Tennessee for a couple of years. And they had picked him up as a free agent last year. And he got hurt. I think he got hurt in the first first preseason game. Um, and he was put on injury reserve. So so he's he's coming back too as an outside pass rushing linebacker. So, you know, they, they have a couple guys. Who, are they going to pan out? We don't know. Um, but, you know, they have six picks right now in the draft. Uh, by the time Sneed's done, it'll probably be closer to eight, right? Because that's what he does. But so they'll have eight swings. They'll get eight, eight plate appearances. And like you said, you, and, and this is a point that needs to be said over and over. He's done really well in rounds three through six. I mean, if you look at our roster, some of our best guys are three through th- three through six. You look at John, John John Johnson and Cooper Cup, both third round picks. I mean, Higby, um, he, he, he's done really really well um, in in those in those middle rounds. So, I think I think there's a lot to look forward to, and I think the draft is going to be really really interesting because by everybody's account, it's a really deep draft. So, I'm excited about it. Well, I'm just waiting to see what kind of shenanigans they pull in this draft, but of all things. But, you know, we'll, we'll have 45 million people putting up these mock drafts the next two, three weeks, and then we're going to find the Rams doing something completely opposite, and then they'll see them on Twitter yelling and screaming about how the how awful the Rams did and so on and so forth. And then you find out that in the last three drafts, 22 of the 27 players are still with this team. And yeah. that says a lot because that doesn't happen in the NFL. Usually you're right. lucky if after a year or so you have half those guys. Right. So well, I mean, I mean, you, and here's the thing with the draft. I mean, a lot of a lot of people get their draft guides and they they pick out their favorites. And so as soon as the Rams draft somebody that they've never heard of, it's like ah, oh, that's a terrible pick, right? It's a terrible pick because I haven't heard of them. Well, you know what? <laughs> they've drafted some really good players you never heard of. I remember when they drafted Greg Zerline. And you know, you know, Derek, that Derek, that Greg Zerline is a favorite of mine. I'm really sad about that. But you know, I remember when they drafted Greg Zerline in the sixth round, and and everybody thought, who's this kid, Greg Zerline? Well, he went to what a Division two two school, and no one had ever heard of him. Like, who is this guy? And on the sixth round, you could have taken him on the seventh round. Nobody nobody would have known this guy. Why do we take him on the sixth round? You know, and uh, he kicks into a Super Bowl. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's the way the draft is, but that's what makes the draft so much fun too. So, um, you know, you never, you never know. And, and I'm a guy that does not, um, care for draft grades. So you see all the, and it's fun. It's fun for the fans, right? So they, they give a team an A, they give a team a B, whatever, but it's, it's so ridiculous because, you don't really know what you, your draft grade. Everybody's you got thirty two draft grades, and you being a teacher, I'm teaching. I'm speaking your language, right? Mm-hmm. You got thirty two draft grades that should be incomplete because that's what they are. They're incomplete. There's no. There's no. There are no A, Bs, and Cs. They're they're all incomplete because you can't tell until you're two or three years down the road whether you know you've had a good draft or not, and what your draft grade is. So, but it's all fun. I mean, unless it's unless it's obvious. In this case, the Rams twenty-two out of twenty-seven. You know they drafted well. The 
the thing is, is can they develop those guys with this almost brand new coaching staff? And that's going to be different. A lot of these players are developed under the old coaching staffs, and now you got these a new coach, almost brand new. I mean, who, who's still there? Well, There's not many. I, I mean, if you think about it, though, the the only position coach they really lost was Skip Pete, right? The running backs coach. They brought in, uh, I believe his name's Kevin Brown from uh, Georgia, the running back coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a new running running backs coach. The the coach that concerns me, the, the new coach that concerns me the most is is the special teams coach, because I was a big Bones fan. I mean, I thought John Foss was the best special teams coordinator in football, and I was really sad to see him go. I, I still don't know what the full story on that was. I I, I don't know. But it, I was really, really sad to see him go because I really thought he was he was really, really good, and the and the players loved him, obviously. So, what are we going to have special teams wise? You know, um, because most of these guys that we draft, particularly because we don't have a first round pick, um, are going to all have to play special teams initially, right? So uh, that that part of the coaching angle kind of concerns me the special teams concern but you know the def- the defensive coordinator is different but the position coaches on defense are the same we have the same defensive backs coach the same linebackers coach any of those guys uh, offensively they got the same coach they have the same wide receivers coach the same obviously they brought kevin mcconnell in as an oc but we know who the real oc is so you know they haven't really done that much with the coaching staff other than getting rid of bones getting rid of wade and, you know, obviously Staley's bringing in a, a, a new system, which everybody's going to have to learn. So, but, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But, but we, we've got good position coaches. We have good position coaches. And, you know, we don't know about the running backs coach yet. Obviously, it's, I think it's his first, it might be his first NFL job. I'm not sure. But I, I know he's had a lot of success in college. But, you know, we'll see. My only thing with that is that with Bones leaving, I know you're unhappy about it. I know many people are unhappy about it, but let's also look and say the special teams took a pretty big dive last year. And, you know, even the great coaches need to move on and get a fresh start somewhere. Like you, every once yeah. in a while, you need to go and basically reset. Things get mm-hmm. stale. And new so, voice. Yeah, new voice yeah. and things. And, you know, we'll see the Rams knew what they were doing with this and I think they'll be fine but you know I'm more worried about I'm worried about the defense I'm worried about the defense yeah. I'm, I'm not worried as much about the special teams I'm not worried about even the offense right now maybe I will be later on but I'm not worried there as much I think they'll be better I think that as the year went on they figured things out so we'll see you know the other thing that that concerns me a little bit is 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 Troy Hill. Now Troy Hill played really well the last half of the season uh, when Jalen Ramsey showed up. So maybe that's 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 fine. But that's another uh, place. I know I mentioned safety, but obviously cornerback is is another place that they can go. I know, I know they probably like David Long as a slot guy, but you know that and and they like Darius Williams as well. But uh, you know that's another another way they can go that you know kind of bringing in a, a another corner. But you know we'll see. Hopefully Troy Hill's the guy uh, on the other side of Jalen Ramsey, and and we'll have a, a really good secondary as well. So I'm not worried about the secondary. I'm yeah. really not. I'm more worried about the pass rush. That's what I'm worried about. So yeah. I guess we're gonna find out real quick. 
you know, yep. in a couple of weeks when this draft happens, do the Rams get their, get their pass rushers? Do they address running back? Do they go to you know where they go for safety? Who is the new kicker going to be? Will they make any strange moves in the draft? We're going to find out. So next week, folks, when Steve's back on the air with us, we're going to look deep into the actual draft options for the Rams, who he likes, who he's been looking at. And also we're going to take a look at what exactly Steve thinks is going to be the ultimate surprise of this draft. Okay? So that's next week, this Sunday. This Sunday we'll be back with Mike and causing hate and discontent throughout the world. One <laughs> show at a time. All right, folks. I didn't do it earlier, so I'm going to do it now. If if you have not gone over to Rams Talk Radio on Apple Music, make sure you go over there and hook us up with a five-star review. Once with 200 five-star reviews, we will we will choose our winner of the NFLShop.com jersey. There you go. Okay. Make sure you write that review out. Take a screenshot. Send it in. Okay. To RamsTalk1945 gmail.com. Also, this show was sponsored by Jim Hawkins, McCall's team. And finally... It is time for us to hit the road. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can follow, follow me at DC Paul on Twitter. Steve, where can they find you at? They could find me at Steve's Quality Tweets <laughs> at Rams are Home 16. So it's R A M S R H O M E 16. And you could find me there. Give me a follow. I need to get to 61 followers. <laughs> Yes, get him up to get him up to hundred nine, please. All right, with all give that me a, mind, yeah, give me two hundred. Don't forget, we are available anywhere podcasts can be found. And until this weekend, probably Sunday night, we're out of here. Stay safe and stay healthy, folks. Take it easy. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.